Hello, welcome to Midweek Mom Talk on 360 Talk Radio for Women. I'm Dr. Jackie, owner of Motion Spot LLC and Motion Spot Pediatrics. For anyone following along, sleep training or whatever you want to call it is not going well. My baby had a couple of decent nights where she slept until 3 a.m. ish, but it only happened maybe two or three nights. And now we're back to wake-ups all through the night. So I'm still super exhausted. My husband changed his work schedule a little bit too, so I felt bad having him wake up before the baby would wake up at 3 a.m. So what I mean is we decided that if she woke up before 3, he would try to soothe her. And if she woke up after three, then it was okay for me to get her and to feed her. So anyway, so his schedule, like I said, changed and he's been having to get up earlier. He does end up getting home earlier too, so it kind of evens out in that way. But again, I felt bad having him not get a full night's sleep or having his sleep be interrupted. So I've just been handling the night wake-ups by myself right now all of them no matter what time it is so i think that should count as my holiday gift to my husband anyways speaking of holidays last week we talked about gifts for kids and how price does not always determine quality marketing labels do not always tell the full story of the item and super fancy high-tech gadgets are not always best for child development to hear more details about that and different things that i discussed as well as suggestions i made for some alternatives to popular kids games and toys that might not be as good as they seem you can always listen to a replay of that episode which is called midweek mom talk back to work fun or financial i talked about the child development and toys and gifting that whole topic is right at the end of the hour together so if you're on the replay and you're able to fast forward or if you're on podcasts and you're able to fast forward that should be the last 20 minutes or so i talked about that So while we are on the topic of holidays, with the year coming to an end and a new year starting, a lot of people use this time to set goals for the year ahead, especially weight and fitness related goals. Health goals are very, very popular around this time of year. And for us women, it's often weight loss that we are seeking. Now, losing weight for health reasons is great. The problem is, one, we often set unrealistic goals. Two, we often do not stick with our goal plan. And three, we pick a date to start this going and thus disregard the days leading up to that quote-unquote start date instead of preparing for it. People often pick January 1st or 2nd as the start date for their health-related goals because the holidays ended and there are no more apparent hurdles that will get in the way, like the Thanksgiving feast, all the December holidays, holiday parties, New Year's Eve, but come January, there isn't anything like this until maybe Valentine's Day. Otherwise, there aren't really any big eating days. So what's the problem? Let's start with number three, picking a date and disregarding the days leading up to this date. First off, having a set date in mind could be a motivation for some people, but for many, it really just adds pressure. And for even more, it creates that mentality of anything goes until that date hits. So instead of going about things in a business as usual type of mindset, people instead might binge the bad habits, meaning they do them in excess. 
because the thought process is, eh, it's okay. Diet didn't start yet. Right? Diet starts tomorrow. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had those thoughts? I know I have. I know I've heard a lot of people say it as well, especially when it feels like all December long, there are holiday parties every day. So it's okay to have the cake and the cookies and the pastas and the drinks at each of these holiday parties because diet doesn't start until January 1st. Now let's just sidetrack for a moment here about the word diet. A lot of people hate the word diet. I don't hate the word diet. I hate how people use it. The word diet really just means what you eat. A diet, your diet, it's a compilation of what you put into your body. Unfortunately, the word has taken on a negative connotation as being something strict and rigid, usually for the purpose of losing weight. And that sucks. That adds a big mental burden for people. Like, oh, I have to go on this diet to hit my weight goal. When people say, I have to go on a diet, it's often something extreme that they're about to do, something not sustainable. So maybe they do it for a little bit. Maybe they see some results, maybe not. Then they get off of this, quote, diet, lose any results they might have had, go back on a different or maybe the same, quote, diet, etc., etc., and that cycle continues, and we call that yo-yo dieting, going back and forth constantly, changing what you're eating, and usually it being extreme, going back and forth, on and off, gaining, losing, gaining, losing, right? We call that yo-yo dieting. Usually, those extreme diets are part of what's called a fad diet, meaning it's something that's currently popular. It's a trend. People try it because they saw others try it and seemingly get results, so they want to try it and see if they can get results themselves. Something like a three-day juice cleanse, right? A juice cleanse diet, that would be a fad F-A-D, a fad diet. Now the problem with yo-yo dieting and fad diets, because they are usually extreme and not so sustainable, they are potentially unhealthy, possibly dangerous, and since they're not sustainable, people are often getting frustrated when they are using them right? Because people want instant results, but they want those results to last. And when you don't get that instant and long-lasting result, you often will get frustrated. And then you might give up what you want to do, right? So you're going to end that fad diet. It's not working. It's not sustainable. You're frustrated about it. So you stop that quote diet and you go back to old ways. Maybe you go back even harder than before And now you're binging what you used to do, right? Any progress you might have had comes back. Sometimes it comes back, you know, twice as much as what you were working on before. And that's where that yo-yoing comes in. Because you're doing something extreme, because you're doing something not sustainable, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to go back and forth. And that's really no way to A, achieve your goals and B, to, to live, to function, And so when people set that hard date of January 1st or January 2nd, I'm going to, you know, start eating better and I'm going to go to the gym. They don't always do this with a plan in mind, but we'll get, we'll talk about the plans in, in a minute. But what often happens then is because they're thinking, you know, oh, the diet didn't start yet. They then, like I was saying before, will take part in bad eating habits, let's just say, more so than they were previously. They're indulging more than they would have in the past. And now the goal that they are hoping to achieve is made even harder. It is made even more difficult than when you originally had set that January 1st date in mind in the first place. Because now all of December you're creating new bad habits or you are further 
enticing old bad habits, and that's going to be harder to break come January 1st. What's else is that instead of, so here's where my advice comes in, right? Instead of thinking, all right, from Thanksgiving until December 31st, I can, you know, do whatever I want, or I can eat all the cake and all the cookies, you know, whatever. I can do things that I know I shouldn't be doing because, you know, come January 1st, I'm going to stop everything and change everything and, you know, hit my, my goals on January 1st. Instead of thinking about it that way, what I like to do and what I think is a more sustainable way of achieving your goals is I instead prepare for that January 1st kind of deadline that you've given yourself. And what I mean by prepare for it, I mean that instead of saying, you know, I'm going to start next year off better, what I actually tell myself is I do the opposite. I try to end the year positively. So right now I am five, almost six months postpartum. So I am still trying to get rid of the pregnancy weight. I don't know if I'll go back to my pre-pregnancy weight. We'll see. But I definitely am still carrying a little bit more than what is healthy. And I know most of it is you know, from pregnancy. So it is in a healthy way to get rid of that pregnancy weight. And, you know, I'm taking a slow and steady type of approach, which is the more sustainable way of achieving this goal. But instead of spending all month eating all of the sugar cookies, I love sugar cookies. Instead of eating all the sugar cookies that I see and saying, eh, January 1st, you know, I'll, I'll start working on getting rid of my pregnancy weight come January 1st, I'm instead working out more this month. I'm drinking more water this month in December, and I'm trying to make better eating choices on a daily basis in December so that come January 1st, it doesn't feel like I'm starting over. It's really more of a continuation of what I've been doing. And maybe instead, I'll just be doing it more consistently. So also with right now, the reason that I like doing it this way, not only are you now preparing yourself to end the year in a positive way, and thus start the next year in a positive way, But also, you have to remember that while a lot of people maybe don't want to quote-unquote diet, and right, I hate that word, but that's just the easiest way to say it right now, I guess, a lot of people don't like to start weight loss-related things. See, it's hard to say it that way, so we're going to stick with that word diet, but just know what I mean versus, you know, what I actually think of the word, and I'll try to make sure I define exactly what I am saying or how I'm using the word. So anyway, so a lot of people don't like starting those quote diets between November and end of December because of those hurdles that we mentioned, right? Big Thanksgiving feast, all those holidays and the holiday parties, the New Year's Eve, there's food, there are drinks. But think about it, you eat three times a day, right? You're supposed to have meals two to three times a day. I say two to three because some people only eat two meals a day, maybe like a snack. We can talk about that type of eating maybe later on in this episode or perhaps in a, in a future episode. That's typically called an intermittent fasting type of schedule. And I have some, some uh, background in that, I suppose. Nothing like official, but just my experiences and research that I've done. Anyway, didn't mean to get sidetracked on that. So, <laughs> so what we're talking about, you eat multiple meals a day and you eat every day, right? You don't only eat on Thanksgiving. You don't only eat on holidays. And even if you're having, let's say, a holiday party at work, that's not your only meal of the day, nor is the holiday party every meal of your day, right? It's just one event. Each of these things is just one event. Meanwhile, you have other days surrounding that one day. Okay, so let's let's take Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one Thursday. 
typically there is a big meal at the end of the day. Some people I know will fast throughout the day or really have like a small breakfast and not eat much later so that they're hungry for dinner, right? That's fine. But if you decided not to start any sort of weight-related journey, let's just say weight loss-related journey yet, because Thanksgiving meal is coming up, why? It's one meal. If you truly are eating the way that you are wanting to eat before and after the meal, it's okay to have your pumpkin pie and your cornbread on Thanksgiving, right? It's one meal. So that's what I'm doing now throughout this month. Instead of waiting for January 1st, I'm not skipping holiday meals and drinks, right? I'm not saying no no to cookies. I'm not trying to, you know, force myself not to have things. I'm still indulging in the things at the party, at those holiday meals, because not every single meal that I have before or after that holiday party is made up of cake and sugar cookies, right? Do you get the point that I'm trying to make, what I'm trying to get across here? It's okay to have your holiday meal and still be trying to have a weight loss journey. You don't have to wait to start on a specific day because you're trying to avoid quote-unquote cheating right at these parties and you also don't want to miss out at the holiday party. right? You don't have to. You can still start working on better habits, especially better eating habits, as it surrounds that one meal that you're going to have. Or even in December, I know it can be multiple. I know you have a lot of different holidays. Even if you don't celebrate all of the holidays yourself or any of the holidays, you know, there are still work things going on. There are still friends perhaps inviting you to places, parties happening. There are things going on where you're going to be surrounded by perhaps not the healthiest food. But again, that's not an all-day, everyday thing, even if it feels like it is. So as long as you're making those best decisions surrounding those parties, so before the party or after the party, it's okay to still enjoy the party and not feel bad, not feel guilty, not feel like you're, quote, cheating, right, on a, quote, diet, Okay, is that starting to make some sense? Does that make sense? You don't have to wait until January 1st to implement better eating habits. You don't have to wait until January 1st to implement better exercise routines or to implement any kind of exercise routine. Right, so right now, as far as exercising goes, it's very difficult, as you know, as a mom, it's very hard to find time in the day. But here's a saying that a professor of mine told me in college, if you try to find time, you will never find it. There will never be enough time. What you have to do instead of finding time is making time. If you make time for something that means it's important to you, and then you will do it. If you are finding time, you're never going to find it. There's always going to be something else that comes up, something else that you have to do. So just a little thing to keep in mind there. So what I've been doing exercise-wise is trying to move at night. I usually, in the past, I've been a morning exercise kind of person, drop my son off at daycare before I had my daughter, and then I would go to the gym. Even when I was pregnant, that's what I would do. Before I had my son, I would work out exclusively in the morning. Now that I have both kids and I'm home with my baby during the day, I don't want to take her to a gym with me, obviously. So I work out in the basement after the kids are down for the day, down for bed for the day, and I'll either do a stationary bike for 20 to 30 minutes, 
and that is primarily just to like burn some extra calories kind of get your steps in kind of a thing I'll try to do that maybe once a week and then I will lift weights once a week and that is for the most part I would say that's like at most what I'm doing right now I would like it to be more often for sure especially the weightlifting, but I know that doing this at least twice a week is significantly better than not doing it at all. And perhaps come January 1st, I'll increase from twice a week to maybe four times a week. I'll try to do that. And then during the day, I also do my little movements with my baby. And that's what I teach in my baby and me movement class, Parents and Baby in Motion. I show exercises that you can do for yourself where the baby is essentially your weight that you're using or the stroller, the carrier, you know, things like that. Ways that you can move your body while still having your baby with you. Your baby is enjoying it. You are getting exercise. You are getting benefit from it physically. So everybody wins. If you have questions about that program, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to share information with you. If you're local, you can come to it in person. If you're not local, we can set up a private virtual session for you. So you can just message me on Instagram about that. Motion Spot LLC is the Instagram handle. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. You don't have to wait until January 1st. Okay, you can start setting up yourself for success now you can start it now even with holiday parties coming up right because what's going to be different on january 1st realistically for some people again it is motivating but i think it's more motivating to have that start date if you've prepared yourself for it okay otherwise it could be very daunting like oh my gosh january 1st is coming and then you know what's going to happen on january 1st You're going to have a friend invite you over for New Year's Day brunch. And then what? Then, okay, you know, it starts tomorrow, January 2nd. And on January 2nd, what's going to happen? What's going to be different on January 2nd than on December 17th? Right? What is the difference between those two days? So just a piece of advice and some information about that. Now let's talk about the second problem. The second thing that people often do We often do not stick with our plan, or sometimes we don't have a plan at all, which I briefly mentioned before, and I didn't want to get into it because now we are going to get into it. So what I do as an occupational therapist with every single client that I have, every single person that I work with, we create a plan, right? We don't just set goals. We especially do not set aimless goals. But with our goals that we set, we create a plan surrounding those goals. You cannot achieve a goal without a plan, right? You cannot carry out action when you don't know how am I going to carry out this goal? How am I going to get it? How am I going to achieve this goal? It's by creating a plan and carrying out the steps of that plan. Now, unfortunately, people will not do that, right? We do not always stick to our plan as it's related often to our unrealistic goals, which I will talk about momentarily, right? But we're often not going to stick with our plan. Why not? A, perhaps our goals are unrealistic. Again, we'll talk about that in a second, but also because what we just said, number three, we are not prepared. When you set a goal for yourself, and this is why it's so important to prepare, when you set a goal, you need to be ready. When you have this goal, you create a plan for that goal. If you don't have the means of following through with that plan, how is it going to work? Right? Here's an example. Here's what I mean. Let's say your plan is to have a protein shake as your breakfast and a salad with lettuce, 
tomato, cucumber, some onions, and a little bit of uh, feta cheese and olives. Okay, I don't like olives, but feta cheese feels like it needs to mix with olives. Let's say that is what you want for lunch, and then your dinner is going to be chicken and vegetables. Okay, great. That's a great plan. But if you don't have lettuce in the fridge, if you didn't buy lettuce at the grocery store, or if you don't have the chicken that you need to make dinner with, how are you going to carry out that plan? I guess you could always, you know, go buy yourself a salad for lunch. You could always buy your protein shake or buy your chicken. The thing is, that's not such such sustainable way of achieving your goals for multiple reasons. Takeout is not the topic of our conversation, but while I brought it up, here are just a couple of things. A, it's expensive. That adds up very, very quickly. And then that ends up being a deterrent for people sticking to their meal plan because it's expensive to buy the food that is on that plan, right? If you're buying takeout all the time, even if it's like a healthier option of takeout, buying salads at like a salad works, like a chopped, I don't know what kind of salad places there are all over the world, but you know, any kind of a salad place that money is going to add up. You're not going to want to spend that all the time, right? Plus, it's really not as quick as people think it is. It's typically faster to make yourself the salad at home than it, or whatever, any type of meal, than it is to go to a place and order. Even if you've done it online, like you ordered it on an app or on the computer website, the time that it took you to place the order you could have just made yourself that order in your house, right? Meanwhile, now you've placed the order, now you have to go get the order, and sure, it might be ready for you by the time you arrive, but again, you could have had it made already, okay? The other problem is a lot of takeout-type foods are not as healthy as they seem. A lot of them have various additives or sugars or salts, just extra things that you are not considering when you're wondering, you know, why am I not losing weight? Why am I not building muscle? This is what I ate today. I had, you know, the the chicken salad. Okay, well, what kind of dressing was in the chicken salad? Was the chicken breaded? Was it cooked on oil or butter? Right there, these little things do add up, and that could be a cause for concern there. But again, we're not talking about takeout. What I'm trying to say is if you're not prepared to carry out your plan, you will not be able to stick to that plan and thus you will not be able to reach your goals, unfortunately. And once you are starting to see, you know, oh, I can't stick to this plan, you're going to then also often, most likely, fall into that pattern of frustration, Ugh, this isn't working, it's not sustainable, I can't do this, etc., etc., and fall into your old ways, your old habits, and we're kind of back at square one now, right? What else? Just something quick I wanted to talk about on a similar, similar note here. When people say, and I hear this all the time, and it's really just like, when I hear somebody say this, I know that they might need some of my help, but they're not quite ready for it. And here's what they say. They say, I barely eat anything. I don't know why I'm not hitting my weight goals. I don't know why I don't have more muscle. I barely eat anything, right? Now, why did I say that means they are not ready yet? Usually, when somebody tells me I don't eat anything, I barely eat anything, they are either in a bit of a denial about what it is they're eating or not eating. They're in a bit of a denial about the problem that they might be having with their weight goals. Or they're really not remembering or keeping track of every single thing that they're eating. And I'm not saying that you have to, 
you know, write everything down obsessively over what you eat, like every little microfiber of what you're eating. Or I don't weigh things. I don't scale things like that, right? I don't count calories. That's not what I mean. But I have actually, I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me a story about a friend who told them like, oh, you know, like I barely eat anything. Okay. And so then the friend, my friend said to their friend, okay, well, you know, tell me what did you eat today? And they said, um, for breakfast, you know, I had the protein shake and then for lunch, I had a sandwich and then for dinner, I had just chicken and broccoli. Like that was it. I made it all myself. And they were like, okay, well, if that's really all you ate, then like that should be fine. Then you should, especially since this person happens to work out a lot. So they were like, all right, well, then you should be losing weight. So obviously that's not everything that you ate. And they were like, okay, well, I also had, you know, a donut after lunch. And that's when, that's when I'm like, uh, uh uh-huh, here it comes, here it goes. So they also had a donut. They also had a protein bar. They also had a drink with dinner, right? That's when I know that people who are looking, they're kind of more so looking to complain in a way. They are wanting to hit this goal, but they are not yet willing to take the steps necessary to achieve them. So I will often not work with people when they're in this state, when they're in this stage, I should say, because it's really not conducive. They're not going to listen to what I'm telling them to do. And then instead of you know, hitting their goals with me, they're going to instead not hit their goals and then blame me, you know, like, oh, I tried working with her, but she doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Okay. So when a person is ready, they have a different outlook on it. And it's instead like, all right, I know I need to make a change. Like, let's do this. Right. That's the mindset shift instead of, I barely eat anything, right? When people tell you basically what they're saying is, I'm already doing everything right, why isn't it working? And, you know, maybe in some cases there is perhaps a hormonal thing going on, some sort of an imbalance there. I'm not a doctor. I I think it's endocrinology that does that, right? Like, I don't even know. So I'm not a medical doctor. I can't answer those questions if it is hormonal or not. But For the most part, with people whom I speak with, when they tell me that they barely eat anything, that's often not the case. Now, the other side of it, sometimes there are people who really do not eat so much and they don't see a change in in their weight. And one possible reason why that is could be that because they are not eating much, but the things that they are eating are perhaps not ideal, their body actually holds onto what they've consumed. So if you eat, let's say you had like a pastry for breakfast, okay, and then you don't eat much the rest of the day, and then maybe for dinner you have a salad or something, okay, your body is going to recognize, okay, I don't know when the next meal is coming, so I'm going to hold on to what the human just consumed. I'm going to keep it because we're going to need that energy and we're going to need any of the nutrition that came in. We're going to need it to survive with because we don't know when our next source of energy is going to come. Okay, so you're going to hold on to it. And that then turns into fat. And so then, you know, when people say that, that's why people say that you shouldn't be starving yourself. That's why, well, there are multiple reasons, but that's one of the reasons that they say that it doesn't work is because your body ends up holding on to what you've consumed. Now, of course, you know, if someone is truly in a state of starvation, like they are obviously going to lose weight, they're going to lose fat, they're going to lose muscle, they're going to lose everything. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who do eat, but they don't eat perhaps a lot, or they think they don't eat a lot, but the things that they are consuming are also not so great for you. So again, that's how your body, that's why your body is going to be holding on to that 
stuff and why it might seem like you don't eat a lot, but you're also not hitting your weight loss goals. I hope that makes sense. Again, I'm not a medical doctor, so this is more from, you know, my experience and my research that I have done, things of that nature, but please do not take any of this as medical advice or, you know, medical demands or commands or anything like that. You should always speak with your medical professional, with your doctor, before or a nutritionist, right, before you make any changes or any decisions like that. So then let's talk now about the first problem, number one, that we talked about. The number one thing that people do, they often set unrealistic goals. They set a goal that is really not within the realm of possibilities. Perhaps the goal is too big or too extreme. Or maybe it's more so unrealistic because of the resources you have at your disposal. But regardless of why, for whatever reason, it is just not a realistic possibility. So here are a few examples of what I mean of an unrealistic goal. It could be setting a very large goal if we're talking about, you know, weight let's say weight loss, right, as is the typical. The unrealistic goal is one that is either a very large number of pounds that or kilograms, depending on where you are in the world, that you are trying to lose, but also the time, the amount of time that you are allotting, that you are giving yourself to reach that weight loss goal. So if you want to lose 100 pounds, that's great. You know, A, if you have 100 pounds, that that can be lost, right? If, if you weigh, you know, 150 pounds and you want to lose 100 pounds, like, no, that's not, that's not realistic, okay? Even if you weigh 200 pounds and you want to lose 100 pounds, that might not be realistic for you either. But more so than saying, I want to lose 100 pounds, it's okay. So you have 100 pounds you want to lose. When do you want to lose that by? You want to lose it in a week? That's not going to happen. In, in no way can that safely happen, right, with nutrition exercise like that that doesn't that's not going to happen so that would be an unrealistic goal obviously that's a bit of an extreme example but even saying 100 pounds in let's say a month that might not be so realistic either so for me for my postpartum weight loss I gained about 55 pounds this pregnancy, 45 pounds in the previous pregnancy. Now at just about six months postpartum, I have 20 pounds of the 55 left to lose. Okay, so what would have been unrealistic is for me to think that within a month of having my baby, that I would have lost all 55 pounds that I gained right? Like, yes, some of it was the baby and the placenta and the fluids, all of that. So you do instantly kind of lose a couple pounds at birth, but a lot of it was fat that my body put on that was needed in order to grow my baby and keep her safe, keep me safe, right? All those details of how the body works. So it's unrealistic for me to think that once the baby comes out, that that fat just will instantly go away. What would be more realistic would be to say, I am, you know, giving myself 12 months to get rid of the pregnancy weight, right? That, A, relieves the pressure of feeling like I need to do this right away. A lot of people feel like they need to get rid of the the pregnancy weight within those first three months, within that fourth trimester. But how could it take three months to get rid of what was put on in nine months, especially when it's always easier to put on weight than it is to 
take off weight. I shouldn't say always, but for, I, w- I would say a majority of people, it's going to be easier to put weight on than to lose weight. Okay, so I give myself a year, and within that year, I try to lose the pregnancy weight, that extra weight that I put on. With my son, I definitely did that. Within the year, I was able to lose the 45 pounds, but I actually ended up weighing two pounds more when I got pregnant with my daughter. I would need to somehow go back in time and see if there was a muscle-related discrepancy or if it was some extra fat, but you know, two pounds, whatever, like for the most part, I weighed basically the same. And in postpartum, like after having a baby, I feel like it is important to find a way to self safely and, you know, in a healthy way, get rid of extra weight that you put on during pregnancy. And in a way, you know, the faster you do it, the easier it is and the longer you wait to do it the harder it will be because then it'll be more solidified situation but when I say like do it fast the faster you do it I don't mean do it instantly right I don't mean you need to lose the 35 plus pounds in three months it's normal healthy realistic to give yourself at least six months postpartum, at least. And really the 12 months, I think, is the way to go since it will, you know, take pressure off of you as well. And if you're able to do it in those 12 months, it's also more likely that you did this in a way not only that is healthier, but in a way that you will be able to maintain the progress that you've made because instead of doing something drastic, you more likely have created habits throughout the year, have made perhaps small changes throughout that year that resulted in the pregnancy weight loss that you have found. Right? Maybe you went back to previously good habits that you had, to previous eating or exercise habits from pre-pregnancy I think more likely perhaps you use something similar but not the exact since once the baby is here you know your life is completely different and turned upside down but that is why I'm recommending a six to twelve month I don't know if I want to call it a grace period it's really not grace but more of a timeline just a six to twelve month timeline to take pressure off of you but also again you are ensuring the likelihood that you will maintain the weight loss you will maintain the goal that you have established so once you hit that goal then what right i forgot where it was i think it was from dance moms she always would say that it's hard getting to the top but it's even harder to stay there it's similar with achieving goals especially health and weight-related goals, it's hard to hit your goal, but it's even harder to maintain that goal. Because once you have hit it, then what? You don't want to fall back into old ways. You don't want to gain the weight that you've worked to lose. So that's why it's important to lose the weight in a way that is realistic in a way that is healthy and in a way that will maintain that longevity of the goal you've set and hopefully have achieved. So how do you set a realistic goal? The goal needs to have a timeline to it. It can't just be open-ended, but you need to look at what is your goal, right? And think about your environment, your surroundings, your routines, and decide in that way when is the most realistic date that you can expect to hit this goal. What is a realistic expectation? And you're going to need to be honest with yourself, right? You don't have to lie to yourself. 
you know, not trying to impress anybody with how quickly you can do something. You need to be honest with yourself and set a goal that you know you're going to be able to achieve within that time frame. So when I say look at your environment, look at your surroundings, right? This was that second part of what I was saying when people set unrealistic goals for themselves. They have these unrealistic expectations given their circumstances. So what I mean by that is if your goal is to exercise more and specifically what you want to do is ride a bike three days a week, but you don't have a bike to ride, that's going to be very difficult to achieve this bike riding goal. I know it sounds silly. I know that's kind of an extreme thing. Like, why would anyone set a goal like that when they don't have the one thing that you need to, to accomplish this goal? But even in, you know, with other goals, like, it's a similar situation. Okay, so for me, if my goal is to go to the gym, let's say twice a week, that right now is not realistic for me because I have my baby home with me seven days a week. My husband works outside of the office right now, actually five days a week since his schedule changed, but soon he'll be back to three days a week. But even then he's going to be working even when he's home. So it's not so realistic for me to think that I can leave the house twice a week to go to the gym. And I also work and now I've been going and seeing clients directly. So I too, if I'm leaving the house, right, it's more likely that I'm going to work than to go to the gym. So for me right now, in this moment, having a goal that includes going, physically going to the gym is not realistic. What is realistic is for me to say I'm going to exercise twice a week because I know I have some equipment in the basement. I know various body weight exercises I can do that are going to be beneficial for me to hit that exercise related goal, right? I have other means of achieving an exercise related goal. So I can make that a goal of mine, but going to the gym is not realistic for me right now. If both of my kids were in daycare or if I had a babysitter here or something like that, then the situation, my circumstances would be different. My environment would be different. And then being able to make the time to go to the gym would be a more realistic goal for me. Did you also hear what I just said? Make time. Remember we mentioned just a few minutes ago, finding time versus making time, right? So this is what I mean by your environment, your situation, your daily routines, okay? You need to think about all of these things when you are setting goals for yourself to make sure that they are realistic for you, they are achievable for you, not for anybody else, not for, you know, what you think Jenny from, I was going to say Jenny down the block, then I realized it's a J-Lo song. (laughs) Not what Jenny next door is doing, right? Not what Bob from HR is doing. What is realistic for you, for your environment, for your circumstance, And when is it realistic for you to achieve this goal? What is the date that you have allotted yourself? All right, also make sure that your goal has some specificity to it. So if it's weight loss, put a number on it or a range, right? You want to lose five pounds, you want to lose five to ten pounds, or maybe you want to hit a certain number, you want to weigh 130 pounds, Right, put a number on it so you have something achievable, not just a general I want to lose weight, because then that could be, you know, one pound or that could be a hundred pounds. So it's when it's too vague, there's also less motivation to achieve the goal. And there also could be some, you know, confusion for yourself. So put that number on it. But in order to help yourself reach that number or any right any long-term goal, you should also then create some short-term goals to help you along the way. Sometimes when a goal is longer, like a 12-month weight loss goal, that makes it feel like it's so far away and it could help to make some shorter goals that feel more achievable for right now, all right? 
humans, I think it's just human nature, we want that instant, that instant gratification, that instant success. So making those shorter goals will feel like, oh, you know, I achieved it. I did it. I did what I set out to do. And it's that building block. You've hit that first short-term goal. You hit that second short-term goal. Now you're hitting that third short-term goal. And what's next? Your long-term goal, but it's already here. You're already so close to hitting it. It's not like you're starting over, right? You're not working on four separate goals. You're working on one major goal for yourself. And you're helping yourself to achieve it by creating these shorter term goals, short term goals, we call them. This is a very classic way of setting up realistic goals for yourself. This is how I set goals for my clients. I typically have one long term goal with three short term goals associated with it. And usually with my clients, we work on more than just one long term goal. But I'm saying that each long term goal we have, we also set two short term goals two goals that are achievable more quickly and are helping us ultimately to reach that goal that is seemingly farther out in the distance, right? This helps keep you motivated. It also helps you to stay on track in order to hit that long-term goal of yours. All right, so now that you have a hopefully better understanding of how to set realistic, achievable goals for yourself, as well as how to come up with a game plan, a plan of action in order to reach your goal. And third, I hope you now are thinking about how you can prepare yourself for the start date of when you're going to be starting that goal starting towards that goal if you choose to set a start date maybe now you have changed your mind a little bit about setting an actual start date based on what we've talked about but again hopefully now you have just a better understanding of these three components to reaching a goal especially if it is a weight loss related goal or any sort of health wellness related goal i hope this has been helpful and informative I wish you great success in achieving this goal in the new year and nothing but health, success, happiness in this year ahead. I hope it is the best one yet for everybody. If you have questions about goal setting, if you have any more questions, anything you want to discuss about your goals for the upcoming year, I'm happy to help you to finalize any goals that you might be thinking about, you can send an email to Dr. Jackie at motionspotllc.com, D-R-J-A-C-K-I-E at M-O-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-T-L-L-C.com. All right, that's going to be it for this episode of Midweek Mom Talk on 360 Talk Radio for Women. I'm Dr. Jackie. Bye-bye for now.